Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of the PD Sports Podcast. Another big week in sport, and once again, I am joined by Damo. Well, hey, not mate? bad, mate. Not bad at all. Looking forward to my favourite time of the week, a podcast. And yet again, another later one from us as well in the week. Uh, we will get back to Monday recordings eventually, I feel. But yeah, another late one, poorly. Yeah, just sort of things are popping up. Lots is happening, and then... The way that the world football was sort of going this week, there was lots of midweek games, so we kind of sort of both thought, I guess, without even saying too much, that we were going to hold off this week. Not a lot sort of happened over the weekend, no, so no. not a bad opportunity to, to reflect on the week that's been and get ready for another big weekend of Premier League and club football again. So there are some really big fixtures this weekend as well, not just through the Premier League, but through most of the European leagues, which is... Nice to see, but I think we've got one one place to start, and that's the Aussie result. So very disappointed. Um, it's probably the best way to put it. Australia in such a good position to to really make a right go of their World Cup qualifications. Hadn't lost a game since June of 2019, and we dish up a pretty average performance. There's plenty of individual. Plenty of individual performances to have to, to sort of cut out, but it was nice to see our boy playing Bundesliga football score a nice free kick oh, in Hertich. What, what a free kick, carpoolie too. Like that's just like top quality yeah. class. And for those that don't play football manager, he's a, one of those football manager kids that on some saves grow into an absolutely amazing top level Bundesliga player. And I really hope it happens for yeah. him because he he looks like a player when he plays for Australia. You can tell. Which guys play, you know, A League, and which guys play in Europe, and then which guys play at like a top, you know, in a top European club, or who belong in a top European club? And I feel like Hersic is going to go down the line as one of those boys that could go into the uh, top flight. Um, when I mean top flight, yeah, I mean 100%. like a proper European club as well. I feel like he has yeah. a very big ceiling, and yeah, I, I, what a free kick, well yeah. hit, and then it just shows like A League players are guys that don't really belong in Europe, like Bitch and. Those they, they get found out when you play. Well, he's been in Turkey. He's been playing in Turkey for like five six years. Like look at the starting eleven. Not there's like everyone bar um, oh, um not McLaren uh, Taggart is is playing outside of the A League. So we can't say that the A League's at it's fault. It's not the A League is the other fault. It's but most of those players are playing in it's Europe. It's the quality it of just, player. We look dreadful. It's the quality of player that is playing in Europe for us. Like you look back at our look our prime years in terms of when we were alive, Paul is like you look back at 06, All those players playing in Europe were playing at like a top end, top flight club. Like not in Turkey. They were in the Prem. They were in the Serie A, um, and they were just footballers, right? Where you look at this side and you look at our squad, and I'm not saying that where you play in European football is how good you are. But the level of league does matter, I feel, for how good your performances are. And BH looked like a guy that bang average in the Turkish league, which I honestly think if you're bang average in the Turkish yeah, league, you're bang average in most European sides. You don't get into a Premier League side. You don't get into a Serie A side. You don't get into a La Liga side. And he looked like that. Like I know we're singling him out because of the own goal, but he was, dread ho- he was dead horrid. We were speaking about it during the game, how horrid he was with the boys. But um, uh, and then you, you look at a few of the other players... And like you relate him to Hersic, for instance, and you look, there's a player that you look at, and I know he produces one moment of magic, but he's a guy that on the ball looks good, and you know, he's for me is just someone that's a bit of the cut above, and it kind of just shows Australian football at the moment it's in a bit of a weird spot, um, and yeah, like it is what it is. Yeah. So I think for me, it's just more importantly getting guys in Europe because you look at the team that went to the last World Cup in Moscow, and it was really filled with. A-League players that were playing well and we saw that we couldn't score from open play at all so I think just looking at our starting 11 having guys playing in Scotland having guys playing in City of B having guys playing in Turkey and wherever else in the championship it's just at least we've got guys that are pushing they're playing regular football over in Europe and I think anything other than playing in the A-Leagues what's getting us to the point where we've gone two years without losing a game yeah, it's true, and maybe it's just a knee-jerk reaction that we've played someone like Japan, who you got to remember, Japan are a quality footballing side. Like they have got some serious yeah. talent, 
um, that maybe it's a lot of overreaction from, I think, the Australian public and obviously maybe an overreaction from what I've said in the first four minutes, but I'm just giving you the point of view of what was spin said in the fallout to us losing and how we lost. Um, I just feel yeah, like... It was, more uh, the, it was more the manner of losing rather than yeah, why. It was just we, we didn't we, offer anything. No, we good. didn't. I, f- I feel like it's more on the coach, though, because I've never really rated... Um, no, I'm the same. Nah, I don't, don't rate him at all. I don't think he's tactically sound. Like, with, An- with Ange, you knew what you are going to get. He, you knew that if it wasn't working, he's going to change the game. And, you know, that's why Celtic have put him in charge of their rebuild, where you look at, what, Graham Arnold? He's just like, uh, yeah. 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 I don't want to say he's a bit of a dinosaur, but... Because uh, he plays yeah. a full free free, but he's very textbook, if you know what I mean. Like the philosophy that the federation teach, he just comes straight from that. And I don't agree with the philosophy at all. Someone that's been through the, uh, been through the sea license and all that sort of pathway. Um, but I feel like he doesn't deviate from that. The game needs to be changed, or the style of play needs to be changed. Because look, Japan just suffocated us, and we couldn't play. And like for ten minutes then, and I know it's a little bit maybe, like football of yesteryear. If we just put a few balls direct over the top. I'm not saying that they have to work, but Japan will immediately start stepping back, trying to sweep these balls up, and all of a sudden you've done that for five, ten minutes, then you can play again because Japan's line isn't going to be as high. Or, you know, do something to change a game. He never did. And like, at the end of the day, like I said, Hersage produces a moment of brilliance. It wasn't like we were yeah, on we top of the game at the stage. You know, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, we, we had some good combination or players got between the lines. It was just, it was a very meh performance. For a side that hasn't lost, in a couple of years, and it was 11 qualifying games without losing or whatever. Yeah. Um, Didn't look like it, it. Just, it. It just looked like a side that just finally had a test and just realised that, hang on a second, lads, you're not as good as you think you are. I don't um, think that's our that, settled 11 either. I think there's yeah, some guys in there so that are, there's some guys in there that I've never really seen play for Australia too. So I think some of it was just trying to blood in some new players. Obviously, we've got a bit of leverage in the group. So there's that element. Yeah, we're still going through. We're still going to a World Cup, so I wouldn't be like... Yeah. We can't get complacent as well, but we should really still qualify for the World Cup from here. Um, but yeah, we'll be okay. Uh, I still worry that Graham is the one. I just don't like that he's too textbook because the textbook builds Australia up to play like Barcelona, for instance, and like we with the we're players. We're too slow. Nah, trying we to do with to... Aaron Moy and bloody Tommy well, Rogic. No. Well, it's 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 more the fact that we need to build to what our strengths are, and our strengths are we got. Really pacey, quick wingers. We don't have nippy midfielders like that. We got guys that have. And we got, got, gra- we got grafters slower. that are going to run in and go yeah. box to box. And yeah, I'm just like it, use it's Irvine so, and use Moy it, and let them do the dog running. Let Rogic be a bit of class and get your direct wingers on out wide yeah, and let it, them it, run it, at it, defence. Let them go. It just, let them be free. It's, it's just screaming of a system that is like four two three one. Bit, yeah, it's a bit counter attackive. You drop in that bit deeper, so you're a bit more defensively solid, and then as soon as you win it, you just go. And when I mean you go, you go. You let Harry Sutar nod everything yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, and just whoever's out there, if it's able to build, for goodness sake, just you know, get a ball and fling it down that way. Diagonal. And off you go, yeah, man, and just put him in the space. And I'm telling you, if we did that against Japan, considering how high they were pressing, you're telling me there's not one ball that works yeah. that he gets on the end. And like he doesn't have to score from that ball, but if he gets possession of that, you're already three quarters away up the pitch. Then you can get your Moyes and your Rodgers and all that in and around the box creating, and that's where you can maybe can combine. But I don't think Graham Arnold will ever think like that. And uh, it probably just shows, Paul, that, you know, maybe me and you really should consider uh, following the pathway that, you know, I started. I know my good mate Lou, who listens to this, shout out to Lewis, um, is starting to get a go down as well. And I, I yeah. reckon, Paul, me and you probably should look at that because we see stuff like that in football and Graham Arnold yeah. can't. When it's just clear and obvious, trying to play it like we're the dominant side. But anyway, that's for for us to have to endure and suffer now because we're going to waste a half-decent generation of talent. uh, If we make the World Cup, are we ever going to win a World Cup like that? No, to go out there and just play, play free. What do you have to lose? You know what I mean? Like, it's just frustrating to watch. For me, me, I just had enough of making the numbers in international football as an Australian. Yeah. We need to realise that the curriculum is great maybe to help maybe build talent. Like, I, I would say there's definitely flaws to that. But in an international sense, having, a, you know, on paper, this is how you have to play from a textbook. I'm like, no, because we have to set up in ways that are going to help us win. You know, when we come up against France, we're going to have to sit in deep. We're going to have to defend. We're going to have to be pragmatic. We're going to have to absorb a heap of pressure. We're going to have to, you know, play solely on the break. And then when you get teams like 
let's see, for instance, we get a team that's not from our conf- conference, like Ghana, for instance, maybe. You know, an African nation that we got in our group. We've got to go, you know what, that's a game that's on a level kill. Yeah, we'll go, yeah. go out, play 4-2-3-1, three, like we said. You know, be a bit more direct, a bit more daring, a bit more, you know, run at the opposition, if you want, from deeper and, you know, get your wingers involved. But I feel like with our philosophy, it's just 4-3-3, three, three, that's how we're setting up, 6-2-8, and two, eight, get on the ball, get in between the lines, knock around 20 million passes and off you go. And we're too slow for that. We don't have enough quality once teams are settled to break that yeah, down. that's the key. And, and, like, once teams are set behind the ball... It's not like we're we scoring ten goals. Down. It's not like we're scoring ten goals a game. By the way, in those eleven games we won, and we're not playing anyone of quality. Yeah, like, that's the difference as well. Like yeah. World Cup qualifiers don't mean as much to me in they our Asian either. group compared to if you were to do it in Europe. Like if you're doing yeah. that in Europe, you're going. You're probably playing two reasonably good countries, another two sort of mediocre ones, and then two slappers that you can smack around. Yeah, you know that's I mean? when I look like, at Denmark and they haven't lost the game. They've got 24 points from eight games. They've scored 27 goals or 24 goals, not conceded one. I'm like, wow. You know, yeah, you, you, you carried their form on. Yeah, you've got carried your own wow. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and then you compare it to what we do here in Australia, and I'm like, yeah, but what? Who who we beat, really? Like, yeah, no one. In no terms one. of nations, no one. And uh, we struggle when an Asian nation puts 10 men behind the ball because we can't really break it down. If we don't score early in games... And I feel I'm, like I'm we've spoken about we this... I feel like we've spoken about this before, but yeah. the impact the A League has on developing creative talent because we don't we don't develop any good Australian sort of strike number nines anymore because the A League clubs are bringing in marquees for that spot because there's so much yeah. pressure on the clubs to win titles. You're not going to win titles with kids, so we're not giving young Australian strikers a chance. We're giving defenders and midfielders a go because there's a need to to rotate there. But up front, like teams are carrying two. Normally, two Mar- international yeah. wing- wingers or strikers because or older age Australian internationals that are playing. Up top. Yeah, well, like Tommy Urich, like the, yeah. the one that just sort of bounces around, and he's not well, he's not with the Socceroos anyway. But because there's such a, a yeah. the pressure on the strikers as well, but not many clubs other than Adelaide are really giving kids a go. Like, yeah, it's and just, that's what I like about living in Adelaide and supporting well, Adelaide. They do it's give not by a heap choice. Of kids to go. It's not and by it's choice. because it's not because money. Yeah, exactly. But I like the model. I like the yeah. model. I like the fact that we've employed a coach inside of our own uh, F. It's because we're broke. F-F-A. It's completely because we're and broke. There's no. Yeah. But if, I like if the it was fact up to the club, a, they'd be chasing players like we oh, used yeah, to. Oh, yeah, 100%. If it was up to the club, they would have signed Daniel Sturridge, for goodness. But it doesn't work like that, I don't think, for us. We, uh, we just don't have that demographic yeah, here. That Daniel Sturridge signing sums up the, the issue with the A League because they've just signed Pacific from us. So, like, what's the point taking Pacific to Perth if you're going to sign yeah. Daniel Sturridge anyway? Pacific yeah. couldn't get a game for us. Well, he's going to get a yeah. game ahead of Daniel Sturridge. Well, that's the only, that's the only reason why um, when uh, Toure left, um, Al Hassan Toure, not Mohamed Toure, I was like, oh. well, that's a good move because MacArthur at the minute do not have a left, uh, don't have a right winger, and that's looked like where he's going to play. Well, he was winger. told he's half the reason he's left. So I've got a bit of intel here. He yeah. wanted to play through the middle this year. Obviously, and he was told no. I've, no, no, because we signed George Blackwood. He was told yeah. he's not going to be starting, so he forced the move. Which I don't, I, I don't I, mind. I, I, I don't blame him. I don't yeah. blame him at all. Um, well, to be we fair, signed I George Blackwood rather, anyway. I would have rather have played uh, Toure oh, under so. those circumstances up yeah. top than George Blackwood because George Blackwood is another one of those ones that just jumps around and is not good enough to play. You know, imagine when Ailey, fit. You know. Imagine a front three when fit of Al Hassan through the middle with Mo on the left and Ben Halloran on the right. Yeah, just like, like unreal. That's good enough. It's unreal. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's good enough. And then look at what the numbers we got in the middle of the park now. And like, yeah, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm calling it very early. Um, that's without Craig Goodwin as well. I know. Uh, I know. That's crazy. I'm calling it right now in the middle of the park. We have made yeah, we're leaps and bounds and we're stacked. And I'm telling you, Bernardo is just going to walk into that. Where's he gonna fit? Is he gonna fit he play, out wide though? No, 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 no. He plays for the middle. middle. He's, right. he's, a, he's a six, eight, ten. He can play out wide and he can play at fullback. Technically, he's one of those. Paul, so he'll play more than eight. Nah, Carl Viet used him in the six, and oh, okay. uh, I feel like he's just a natural six. And I'm telling you right yeah. now, we have signed a guy that has a left and right foot that is unreal 
a footballing brain that's as good as his dad's and then a guy that like harries and wins the ball back and is strong for a kid like Kante. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like I haven't seen anything like that coming through our youth at all. And I've worked with this kid a lot and but I'm I'm saying it right now that Adelaide's squad is in a very good spot for producing youth, but then you look at like the rest of the A League and it's like, where's your youth? It's not Damn. really there. You're just signing players because you've got money. And I, I, I feel like if the A-League was ever going to help out Australian international football, it's got to be the breeding ground. It's got to be a place where kids come and it's not Alassane Toure going to Mikafa. It's Alassane Toure getting a move to... Uh, I mean, before, you know, his, before his injury, he would yeah. have gone to Europe. Like, yeah, that's the, the big thing for him is in three years, he's only played 30 games. So there's, there's a risk there and... That I, I understand it. The fact that he's got two years left on a contract and we've let him walk out for nothing probably tells you how much the United backroom staff paid. just didn't yeah. didn't, didn't want to pay the wage. Up, didn't want to pay the wage because obviously he must have been on good money. He would have ended yeah. up being injured. They've gone, all right, we can invest that money somewhere else. Yeah, and he's going to transferring players in the A League as well. Uh, um, but well, yeah, you, I, you could sell him for a couple hundred thousand, but you got you know, A League clubs can't buy players off. Oh, is that part of the problem? That that's mm. the rule, and I'm like, that, it's such a silly rule as well. But um, okay, I didn't know that. It, that. Yeah, that's why it's always freeze or exchange players. Um, but I I didn't know that either. That's thanks to football manager. Oh, I mean, you were McCarthy save. Yeah, and I ruined my save completely because I was going to buy all this young talent from all the different A League clubs, and they're not allowed to make money. So you got to wait for them all to. So you practically have to wait for them to go. Yeah, all on freeze. Six months left in their contract. All you exchange player for player, and that's it. Um, okay, we might have to think about that. Yeah, That'd be cool. Yeah, but um, no, trust me, Paul. Not not a good save for football. No, but if, you, so if you if you walk into it knowing what the situation is, you can kind of be prepared for it. But when you when you're going in not expecting that, and then that's what happens, and you probably get thrown off by it. Oh yeah, I did it with Macarthur. This is a complete sidetrack pod. But yeah, but that's when they didn't have a squad though as well. Yeah, that's I didn't have a squad. I joined Macarthur. This was this last season on FM. Two years to win the A League, but they're actually on the game database to be added in. Um, and I had a squad with Tommy Orr as the only player signed, right? And yeah. I signed 16 guys. You know how many times I had to? I was like, oh, I'm going to get such and shuts from like Bernardo from from Sydney at the time. Do that Sydney youth. And I'm going to go get. Um, I was going to go pick up a, to- a Torre brother uh, and all that. And like, you couldn't sign anyone. I was like, I was so annoyed, yeah, and that that's sucks. triggered. I played four games in the league and been the save. After I reckon it's one of those ones. If you went to do it, obviously having the knowledge now, and you can set up your um, transfers that way, so you can set up your scouting to start looking for guys whose contracts are expiring. You can buy people you, from overseas. Yeah, I know that, but would you be more inclined to do it again, knowing what the restrictions are in the league, knowing nah. that you could plan, knowing that you could plan when you can attack the guys that you want that are at other clubs? The only problem, only I understand why inferior would, but my problem is, is that every guy you wanted to go and attack, the club knew that, and then would sign him to a deal. Yeah, so you'd have to find ways to unsettle them, or then use the loan system to, you know, for guys that you could see that weren't playing. You'd have to, yeah, have to loan a lot in or whatever. Yeah, the, but you're the always taking is. the you're always taking the outside scrap of like the first team when you're loaning guys in because they don't that, predominantly yeah, well, the AI do not let the main like. If there's someone like Danny De Silva, for instance, always left Central Coast. Yeah, of course, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but and you like got to try pick and pick him up on a free. You got to go through their youth team and try and see all right, who's the next one going to be, and try and get them in before they yeah, sign that that's, deal. Yeah, that's the only good thing about doing it that way. But when you're trying to build like a long-term save and have like the best team in Australia and then producing the best youth to play for Australia and all that, you need to spend money to get guys from other places in Australia into your setup. And I'm like. You can't yeah. do that. I, honestly, you'd have, to look long say, you'd have to look I, long I, term, though. That's the yeah. thing. Though. It might take you five years of borrowing players from other clubs to make your team to be the desirable one. And then once yeah. you've once you've broken through that barrier, then you can start to flop it around a little bit and go. Now that we've used loans and things, now I am developing my players. Yeah, I get that too. It would. I still think there's an interesting concept of a save there. I feel like that save would work better if someone went into the editor and shout out to anyone that has the edited data and whatever. And there is databases for this, but make it a uh, a place where you can transfer from other clubs. I feel like that would be more interesting. I also think in real life it would be more interesting because Adelaide would raise so much money, I feel, that way. Because we produce yeah. good kids that we could sell to other A-League clubs for profit. But bringing it back to Australia International and the World Cup, 
I feel like because of how it's all worked here in Australia, we don't have regulation, re, re, uh, relegation, relegation, promotion, not relegation, yeah, yeah, and we don't have, um, and we don't have, uh, you know, clubs producing key players for the national side because they are, you know, they don't get a shot because we have to bring people from overseas to try and win stuff. Um, all the other clubs are less at your Adelaide, like we mentioned. Um, it doesn't help produce anyone for the national side, and I'm like. All these kids get lost and they don't get showcased and we need kids like that playing in Europe. But long gone to the days where kids used to break in the scene, scene on in the NSL days, next minute, yeah. like a kill Vaduka's banging them in at 18, 17 for, you know, their respective uh, NSL club and then a big club's gone up in Europe, like Leeds, for instance. Bang, there you go, I'll take him. And next minute, there's your career. You know, you've got a platform. Those days are gone, um, which is a sad thing. And I think A-League clubs need to realise that as much as they're going to be successful, I feel like a lot of the Australian public would also rather see them produce young kids and just be like, wow, we're going to lose this kid into Europe and celebrate when he does go to Europe. Like I'm hoping one day Mohamed Touré in the not-too-distant future gets a big move to a European club. You know, a Premier League club comes in like a West Ham who've got a very good youth facility or a Southampton or someone like that, for instance. And, you know, they just go and go, oh, yeah, we'll spend a bit of money on this kid and he might just play in the 23s, but that's a way into Europe, you know. And I just don't see the pathway anymore from A-League football for an A-League youngster into Europe to then play for the national side. And I'm like, the end of the day, the A-League should be the league that should be looking to supply players to play international football. And giving opportunities to actually go and do it. And that's the thing. Like, that's what we want to see. And, you know, it's nice to see, you know, Wim Bill getting a game or Matthew Lecky back when he left Adelaide United and went to uh, the Bulls. Wim Bill's the only one that's kind of made it. And I know he's very happy at Midgeland and whatever, but he always looks class when he plays in Midgeland. Yeah. And, 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 he, I mean, and he plays well in the Champions League. I, I would so love to see him move. the Champions League all the time. Yeah, I would obviously right. move into a bigger club and there's always been talks and then nothing ever happens. But I feel like that's one player that I'm like, he needs to move now or else yeah. he's just never always going to be this good. And like, there's a, you know, um, there's always a little bit that needs to... Might have gone past him now, which is a bit disappointing. Yeah, he's it, been I just feel like there's a little bit more development is what I'm trying to say. I still think if he played at a higher level, just, yeah. It'd be nice if Ange could take him to Celtic. I think that'd be a nice jump. I know, I I know Mitchell like... beat Celtic, but I think... Playing in Scotland I think he would. would be a good yeah, I bridge. Think, I think in an ideal world, Awa would go too. Um, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Link but, up um, with a few few Aussies. Oh, this spiralled out of control. That was like 23 minutes on one game. Pool. Yeah, so really. let's uh, wrap up quickly um, some of the other qualifiers. A couple yeah. of hours after the uh, Australia result, I had another poor result with Greece. I don't want to harp on Unlucky, it too much. but Unlucky. You got the definition of what we called FM'd. Yeah, absolutely dominant. First half, realistically, should have been 2 new up. We hit the post twice, dominated. They went down the other end. Dumb penalty from Greece's perspective. It's a penalty every day of the week. Gets no ball. Well taken by Forsberg. I'll give him that. And then a couple minutes later, they've just sent, you know, Olsen's kicked the ball three quarters of the length of the field. Isaac's done well to bring it down, beat couple, go around the keeper and dink it in. And And you lose, and then we get a red card as well. So it's just... Wasn't the the night to be if you're um of Greek origin, but look, end of the day, we're we're, we're almost there, and for me, that's the that's the positive thing. Um, Greece are playing some really good football at the moment. The squad is really young, and that's the key. The squad is super young. I never, if you if you asked me back in the day um, when Varkanis and uh, John Van Schip uh, signed for uh, Greece or took the Greek job. I was very, very negative uh, towards them being um, in charge. But I must say they've actually done a decent job and I'd have to to give credit where it's due because I've been overly impressed. So if we can get a win against Spain to start the next um, international break-off, then a good result against Kosovo and Sweden losing to Spain as a reaction. So the, the, the positive is Spain, who's top of the group, aren't secured now because Sweden are breathing down their neck so we kind of need Spain to slip up against us and then realise okay now we really need to go get a result against Sweden and then that result against Sweden and us beating Kosovo should be enough to get us into a qualifier so who knows we'll see where that goes but I am happy I am happy with where we're going oh look I feel like you guys are actually tracking really well it should start it it would be maybe a a, this World Cup campaign we're attacking the Euros I think yeah I feel like Next Euros would be huge. And, like, 
I ask you, uh, you know, when I feel like you guys are going to be in and around. The World Cup system may change by the next World Cup after. It is. So it's turning into 48 teams. Yeah, so and you make that, that easy because you're, you're in the best 48 in the world. You're just not yeah. in the best, you know. Uh, it, it's one of those ones where it's I look a, It's at one of those groups like, where Sweden's a that tough group. other team where it's just they're, they're, they've made the last three tournaments as well. well, so well you, the, that's a difference right there, by the way, between European qualifying and Asian qualifying. Yeah. Like, look at that group, and I'm like, look at the team, look at the teams that you're gonna have to play, and I'm like, every single one of those sides, bar I still even reckon Kosovo on their day, right, beat most yeah, of the we drew with guys them, we play, you know, and I'm just like, I mean, Georgia, that's a big difference. Georgia haven't been easy beats either. That's the other thing. Like, they've got just, some bigger players. Yeah, they've so got that, um, it is they've got a that right that I can't remember his name now. It's a really long name. Yeah, it is a really, really tough well group. He always gets an inform on FIFA. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know exactly <laughs> who I'm on about. So anyway, that's the update from Greece. Um, the yeah. Albania-Poland game was unbelievable. These pegging, Did you see the pegging bottles was... and things yeah. of, the, of the guy that scored. That was nuts. I, I don't condone that behaviour, but I'm telling you right now, I would love to be in the middle of that stadium watching that game of football. Because mm, I'm... I'm all for the atmosphere. I'm not all for the aftermath of what happened for the goal. I'm all for <laughs> the, the violence. Yeah, I'm all for the uh, chanting and a little bit of like heat in yeah. the atmosphere because I feel like that is like welcome. Throwing international projectiles football. is probably yeah. I, I, that, that's where I, that's where I draw the line. Like for me, it's like the flare situation. You know, I don't mind flares in the crowd. I feel like it's part of it's part of the game. Like let that play. In the A League, you can't do it. Right, but you yeah. go to like other stadiums around Argentina, and you get other big like derbies or whatever. And I'm like, you, the place is rocking, flares are going, you get that misty smoke, and the games being played. I'm like, that's awesome, that's football, right? At that level where it's like intense. It's the moment when projectiles are getting thrown, players are becoming endangered, or crowds start fighting. Then I'm like, that's the line, and that obviously is what happened here. Um, so I would have loved to sit in the middle of the crowd and then just soaking up that atmosphere. But at the same stage, once that happened, that's where you check out and you're like, nah. Um, yeah. And it's not the first time this has happened, and there's a bit of crowd trouble creeping back into international football. I feel we've seen a bit of it. We've obviously seen the uh, racial stuff that impacted England um, last, from, you know, inter- international World Cup, you know, break before. Uh, I'm trying to remember who that was against, but um, I really hope that FIFA come out and try and put a stamp out on this, but don't stamp out the, you know, the cauldron of international football. You know, I don't yeah. mind there being heat in the in the game. From the crowd, I feel like that's like yeah. You want pa- you want passion. You want some passion. You, you want you passion. Don't, you don't want people. Nah, like, you don't. I'm just risk. yeah. You don't at all. And referee did well there. Took him straight off. Waited for everything to calm down. Eventually got him back out there. Completed ninety minutes, and then look, nothing much changed anyway. And to be fair, I feel like Poland deserved to win it on the night as well. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think we'll probably leave the international football. I was about to say I will mention Ronaldo whenever he plays against a weaker side. Just to make sure that he improves his record, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's just he's just a, he's just a, one of those ones that goes oh Luxembourg, lick the lips and off we go. He's just, yeah, he's a bit of a machine, especially for Portugal. And you got to admire at his age that he just every international just break is an international goals. break for him. He just he yeah. just wants to score. I think he knows that he has the record, and he's just like, I want this record to stand for as long as possible. Yeah, and he's taken it as far as possible now as well yeah. to make sure I no don't one feel, can get it. I don't. I feel like he's not going to retire until he retires from all football. Yeah, probably. To be honest, he would just stop. Yeah, completely. he just stop completely. To be fair, he's a physical specimen that could go for a while. We spoke about Mo Salah. Probably last take. He'll, honestly, he'll probably yeah. take. He'll probably take a a pretty significant injury to um to get him to stop. That's the other. Yeah, and, I, I, and I, mean? I don't wish that upon anyone. So nah, exactly. So hopefully um, we get more years of uh, Ronaldo to banging in goals against Luxembourg. Yeah, I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Luxembourg are probably just thinking, God, why yeah, Portugal? God. Yeah, imagine, imagine, yeah, getting them in your in your qualifying group. You'd be um, pretty disappointed. Oh man, I love that I do love the story of European qualifying. By the way, you get like San Marino, just a bunch of like part timers that have day jobs, and like they, I think their keeper is a, a school teacher, and he works with special needs students. He saves a Depay penalty at like there must have been like I don't know if that was like four new into that game or whatever, but I'm yeah, like just the respect that gets shown from players is like well, really, really nice to see. 
like imagine knowing who you're versing like like turning up going yeah we're gonna roll you you know what I mean like just having that arrogance but anyway I think time to move into our chats around the Premier League this year or this year this week I should say um, Liverpool should be a win I've said that in uh-huh. the past I've said that in the past too I was about to say hey on don't, don't say that just yet for that's me that's why I said I'm, should not it, it, will be it is Oh, by the way, by the way, guys, it wasn't um, it wasn't San Marino. It was Gibraltar. Before That's anyone screams at their uh, at their uh, computer screens or whatever they're listening to, Gibraltar's goalkeeper, not San Marino's. Anyhow, should be a win for Liverpool. How often have we said that against Watford, and it hasn't been? And uh, I remember yeah. a very famous game. And I think we we're both thinking the same game. We're not going to relive that moment, but um, for me, I feel like this game is to be talked about a little bit more than just should be a win because we're missing Allison, we're missing Fabinho that's due to international travel back to London that's going to impact Leeds with Rafinha but I feel like Leeds will be the club that would risk Rafinha in that yeah. case um, yeah, but um, for us we could probably look at this game saying oh we can play Kelly or Adrian in goals and that's fine and Fabinho will just change the midfield free around um, yeah. and just do whatever there but it uh, should still be a win it shouldn't impact us too much if there's ever a fixture that this could happen for us being, you know, imagine if we had Man United this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it like, then all, of, then all of a sudden you're like, ooh. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, Klopp's playing Alisson and Fabinho fatigued. And, like, I I would urge yeah. that. Um, Just taking that risk. Yeah, uh, so this is a great game for this fixture to happen. My issue with this game is, is I look at Watford and I'm like, they haven't been bad. They haven't been great. New manager in, which is perfect. Because if they had their old manager in, I would actually think this game is a lot more difficult. I think Ranieri is going to implement a style of football. Um, and it's going to take time. So it's probably not a bad time to get him. You know, yeah. first game in. Um, yeah. For me, though, I look at their squad. And I'm like, they've got pace on the break. They've got Dennis. They've got Saar. And I'm like, our fullbacks go. We've seen it against Watford before. And they'll do it again. And Saar knows what he's doing. Especially against us. He'll just sit in the pocket of space that... Trent leaves if he plays or Robbo leaves if he's on the other side or wherever he wants if James Milner if it's James Milner Saar's going to have a field day um, yeah. and he'll just sit in that space and he'll gamble on us not scoring and then getting one down the other and just flinging it to him um, and yeah. then Dennis knows how to catch up with play and he's nippy I just feel like this is this in quotation marks is a danger game for Liverpool I'm, I'm, I'm predicting there'll be a lot of goals I'm just predicting a 3-2 I'm predicting something crazy like that yeah, I could see goals in this game as well. Uh, we haven't been amazing uh, defensively as of late, so I'd be intrigued to see what happens. But we've just been scoring goals for fun, and that's you know. Yeah, Salah's still awesome. got to be my fantasy captain for this game. Yeah, I mean, you expect goals against Watford, or you'd hope we could score goals against Watford. So, like to think we can get there. So hopefully, you know, we just keep the the motor ticking and. We'll be fine. I think that's sort of the way I, I'm, I I'm taking I think so too. And we need yeah. to be ticking these games off. And just like tick, yeah, next one tick, yeah. And then play for these harder games. But um, and if we do that, we'll be in and around this title fight, which I think we will be. But yeah, this this would be, in quotation marks, a danger game historically. Big time. Oh, yeah. And then another big one, Brentford-Chelsea. See, I feel um, like this game is very much in the balance. Yeah, I think Chelsea need a big result, don't they? Well, I look back at Man City and they were not great. They didn't have a shot. I look at Southampton and if it wasn't for the red card, which I have mentioned, I don't think was a red card. Um, they probably find it very hard to break down Southampton and win that game. The red card opened that game up for them. Um, didn't say they played poorly, by the way. I just didn't feel like they were going to score until it was to 10 men. Um, and for me, I feel like Chelsea have just started to like falter. They then got done by Juve. Um, so... I feel like they need to come out here and really perform, and I feel like that's a good thing for Brentford. That they're going, Chelsea going to come to Brentford play, and Brentford are going to enjoy that because they're going to get Tony being physical. Um, they're going to get you know Bremo running off him. The back five is decent, and the keep is decent. I just feel like this is a game that is definitely going to be if Brentford especially get the first one, it's going to be on. Um, yeah. And the fact Chelsea may not have Lukaku, Rudiger, and James may not be fit in time is like massive as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think, again, danger game, isn't it? It's got written all over it. Um, you never know what how could happen in situations like these. Um, does Ivan Tony bully 
the Chelsea defence the way that he did against Arsenal. You know, it's a, it's a possibility. So but look, he gave he gave our defence a tough time as well. Um, I feel like he does. I feel like Ivan Tony doesn't get enough credit. I love what he does without the ball. Yeah, he drops in thing. deep. Drops in deep. He's good with his feet. I'm telling you right now, Paul. He's the sort of guy I look at and I go, man, no, oh, Liverpool, please. Yeah, I'd love him as that. Plan B. Plan B. Yeah, but, it'd be um, amazing. Um, I just think that Ivan Tony provides the class that's needed for Brentford to break down Chelsea. I'm hoping, fingers. I'm hoping from a fantasy point of view, it's more the fact that Chelsea go out there, marshal that well, keep a clean sheet, and they win. And I do see a world where that happens, but I think Brentford get a goal in this game, and I, I really think that this game finishes two one either way. Yeah, I could see that. I just think. Chelsea just know how to find goals, don't they? They've just got they so do. many options. They and if Lukaku just... starts, he needs a goal. And I feel like this is the start of a really good fixture run for Chelsea that he can bang him in. Yeah, and who knows? I think there's a world where they just could also win 3-0 and just control the game start to finish. And I think there's that world too. And that's how good Chelsea can be. Yeah, they've got to turn up and, and do it on the day. That's the main thing. That's just what you know everyone's waiting to see from them. And... They haven't had too many performances where I've gone, yep, I see it now. Like, I think there's been some question marks um, for my liking um, this season. So, it'll be interesting to see where it ends up. Yeah, I, I started them as my pre-season favourites. But from what I've seen in the season, especially against what they did against City, I'm like, ooh. And I've now put City as like my favourites now for the title. But I still think Chelsea are going to be around the mark. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like that, you know, there's a game that, this has written a boil over, so to say. Brentford is the side that can cause it. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, for for our sake, um, Brentford, Brentford can get do. a result. Yeah, yeah screw, screw my fantasy. Brentford just win four nil, for instance. I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'll wear that in my fantasy. All right. I reckon it's time to to move on to some questions because we've got quite a few um, yeah. this week. Do you want to kick us off, Dame? Um, yeah, we can. Um, Let's go with probably the easiest question, I feel like. Um, is Rice underrated by JS? Uh, the reason why no. I've gone there first is I just feel like it's a very easy no. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not. Um, I'm just going to get rid of the questions that don't emote discussion because there's a yeah. few that provide discussion. Um, I feel like the press bang him up enough in England. We just don't see enough of it. And yeah. I really do feel like Southgate thinks he's probably one of his first players on his team sheet. So, yeah, no. I'd agree. And... I, I said it in stream a couple of days ago and JS heard me. I'm just going to say it again. Honestly, see where we end up at Chelsea or Manchester City. And I think you do too, JS. So, yeah. Yeah, so no issue there. I'm in the same opinion, I think. Um, you know, he's getting the... He's getting the, the credit he deserves. The fact that he's starting for England is probably enough. So, um, more than happy for that. Um... Top three semi-realistic signings Newcastle should make. Again, we covered Very this last week. Very similar to another question week. that um, Dim put in there. Well, it, yeah. I'm going to link this to the Dim's question, who said, if you were the Newcastle manager, to what extent would you improve the team in January? I feel like semi-realistic and improving the team in January are linked here because I feel like whoever comes in, um, and have you seen the talk that it's like Gerard, Lampard, and Conte, that are the big three? Heard Rogers is number one. I don't Brendan think Brendan Rogers. Brendan is not going to leave Leicester to go to Newcastle. I've heard he's number one at the moment. That's from Sky. That, that, that okay? Question, Paul. If you're Brendan Rogers, would you leave Leicester right now to go to Newcastle? Next year, I would. Not now. Wouldn't go now. I'd you know what? If Brendan, if Brendan wanted to win a Premier League title, I, I would. He'd win on well. faster at Newcastle than at Leicester. Yeah, I reckon because especially the way Leicester have started this season. But yeah. after what he's done at that club and what the board have done for him and all that, I don't see that happening. Yeah, oh, I'm of the same opinion. But I, I still think Conte is the favourite there, personally. But I see yeah. a world where Gerard gets the job, and he yeah. probably deserves the shot. Um, I don't see a world where Lampard gets it. Nah, no way. But that's what was being reported by Sky as well that Lampard's in the running. I'm like, oh. I think it's mainly out of Conte and Gerrard, and it it's a toss of a coin. I feel like if you're in the Newcastle board, you go with Conte because you're more proven, especially with the money you have. But if you wanted to be, I'm an English club buying, in, you know, buying into an English club that's getting English manager. Stevie's the one you go for because of what yeah. he's doing at Rangers, and he probably has done enough at Rangers, more than enough to deserve a Premier League shot. And if he's ever going to become the Premier League 
manager of Liverpool Football Club, I want him to have a, a reign in England, if, even if it goes, you know... Yeah, somewhere else first. You know, yeah. yeah. I, I don't mind that he goes to Newcastle and it goes belly up. It, he needs that experience. Um, yeah, I agree. I've seen enough of what he's done at Rangers for him to be a Liverpool Football Club manager because he understands the game. He can coach, clearly, right? So yeah. even if it gets a difficult job at Newcastle and it doesn't work, you know, I can understand there's a lot of, you know, factors going into this Newcastle job that's like, uh, you know... Same if he took over Burnley halfway through the year and they were in a relegation scrap and they went down. I'd be like, what's he meant to do? You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's out of those two. It's not going to be Rodgers. I would be very shocked if Brendan done that. I feel yeah, like that would be a very selfish, yeah. you know, pu- purely, oh, I want to win the Premier League and I don't think it's at Leicester sort of move yeah. if he did that. And I don't see that happening. I feel like Brendan's got too much character in his own words to do that. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. So unless the money's like massive, yeah, who knows? But I think that's not that's not a signing. That's not, and I feel like I feel like if you go related back to the question, we're not going to know what they're going to need to improve. Well, what the realistic signings are going to be for Newcastle until the manager comes in. Because if it's Conte, you might go after a different player. Like Gerard may go after Gerard may go after players that are a little bit more flashy. You know, put him into his winged system that he uses. Or if it's Conte, you probably look for. You know, a couple of players that show up in the middle of the park and at the back, so you can play five at the back. So, yeah. I feel like JS, that question's probably a little bit too early to ask. I like the way Dim's worded it, where if we were the Newcastle manager, what extent would you improve the team? We talked about that on last week's pod, where I think we need one in each line. Yeah, I agree with that still. Yeah, you need a centre back, you need a midfielder, and you probably need a right winger to support, say, Maxim and Callum Wilson when he's fit. Yeah. Like, off and the bat. It's going to take setup. time. It's oh, going will. to take serious time to and they, get if they, there. The longer Steve Bruce stays in charge and the longer they don't get win a game in the Prem, the harder the job is going to be for the next manager that comes in. Yeah, 100%. I have to agree with you there. Yeah. Alrighty. So, where else can we go? So, we sort of spoke about Dim's first question about um, A-League clubs selling off their hottest prospects instead of nurturing them. Again, when the money's... The money's there. The money's there. You're gonna take it. There's no. Yeah, but who 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 have we sold off in A League in general to? Ryan McGree. That's about it. Yeah, like he's the only player we've sold for money. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't feel like it happens. You want to know what I think happens more, Dim? You need to let them. They outgrow the league. Aaron Moy. They outgrow yeah. the league. I've got yeah, no issue those, with that those guys. Those guys need to go. And I feel like the prospects that probably are close enough to br- jumping into that bracket, A League clubs. Of a different demographic, not Adelaide. Adelaide. Probably we can then go and buy what we said a marquee signing, and then it stints. It hurts the development of a uh, of one of these hot prospect youngsters because they then got to fight for marquee signing to get into the team. And then you know, and there's probably a number of kids from Melbourne, and you know, there probably is a few kids there at Perth, like Pacific, for instance, that are probably going to find it very hard to get into the A-League side now that Sturridge has moved to Perth, or over the years of what Melbourne have done over Barisha coming in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so I feel like in terms of selling off their hottest prospect instead of nurturing them to sell them for a bigger profit, I disagree with that opinion. I agree with the opinion that we do not put enough time into developing our own prospects, but that's because we buy marquee signings in too much. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. So you want, as we said before, we want the league to be able to nurture talent, but when they're ready to move on, so, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm yeah. all for us selling talent to Europe because it's just going to make the footballer better, and we got to understand our role. As the A League, we're not a top tier flight club fighting for a Champions League or whatever, you know. Or you know, we're not the best club. We're not even the best league in Asia. So yeah. these kids got to go to in order to become better. Better, exactly. That's the main main thing, isn't it? So happy with that. Um, oh, after North London derby, why do we keep Russo? It's all these well, Russo just wants to keep. Russo just wants to keep talking about. Oh, it's London the same derby. question as last week. Yeah, it's, we're going to push for Europe. I'm not convinced. Yes. I, I'm I not convinced. You're going to push for Europe. Yes. Will you get to Europe? Yet to be seen. Yeah. I still think you're conceding a way too many amount of shots on goal and there will be a day where they all go in and you're going to get yeah. smacked. That's my problem because you expected goals against is high, Russell. Right? I'm just going to put it out there. I do like what is happening there at Arsenal. They seem to have invested for the future. Arteta seems to be sticking to his guns on a system. It, maybe they're listening to the podcast, Paul, because we've just been banging it in for like four or five weeks. Maybe I'll take this, listen to us and go on, hey, here you go. Yeah, all right, we'll do that. But um, I still think you can see way too many shots on goal. It is a new back four. Give it time. You will push. Will you get there? 
question mark. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm not convinced yet either. I just feel like there's a lot of work still to be it's done. Good, it's a good fixture run for Arsenal at the minute. Let them play some of the top four and see what happens. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Yeah, how are they going to muster up against some of the uh, the big boys now that they think they've uh, managed to turn it around a little bit? So, where do you want to go to next? Um, what have we got left? Let's see. Uh, we got the uh, bottom eight. I reckon is where we go to next. I'm just bringing the ladder up now. Yeah. So who finishes the bottom eight? Um, I'm All just right. gonna put. I'm gonna put it out there. Let's rule off teams that won't. And I'm gonna probably say the North Melbourne, Collingwood, North Melbourne, Gold Coast, Adelaide. Yep. I'm off the bottom four. Yep. They're not winning it next. Put it that way. No, I don't think so. Unless there was like a massive turnaround of Adelaide because of the youth were trying to go down, but that's too far away. I still think one of the clubs like Colton or whatever would get there before us. So I'm taking Hawthorne out because they're going full rebuild as well. And who's um, that leave? So us? St Kilda leaves you Carlton, Richmond, Fremantle, St Kilda, West Coast. Um, I feel like Richmond need to go for a massive rebuild, so not them. Yeah, I know who I'm going with here. I feel like the Saints could get if they got it all together. Would. That's a big if, and that's where I'm not going St. Kilda. Yeah. Um, My clue Kilda. is I'm heading west. Oh, you, you, what, you're going to Frio? Yep. Wow. I like what they've done in the trade period. Uh, they've brought in lots of quality. They've held on to Rory Lobb. They've just, they're building. This year they came home really strong as well. They finished one game out of the eight, and they finished 11th. So they got it right at the right time of the year, but it was a bit too late. Young, they've had a young midfield yes they've lost Chera but they've got lots of high draft picks this season as well um, as part of that plus yep. their own high picks I just think they're really developing something if they can just get one or two big keys to click for them then they're going to be in and around that mark and I'd like to see them win one too I think there's a bit of bias there um, I, I think that it would be nice to see them win and I do think they're on the list they're definitely out of the eight. One of the teams that I think are in that bracket that they could win it next from the bottom eight. I feel like you do have to put St Kilda in that mix just because I feel like the squad is good. Like the whole team depth there is all right. Like what do you? What did they call it in the AFL? It's the roster, right? I feel like uh, you look at it and you go list. The, the list, the list. I feel like you look at the list and there's players. Too many that guys on big money. Yeah, I just, that's a problem I feel, though. I think they've got too many of those guys that they just. They've gone and grabbed them from other clubs, and they haven't gelled, and then they're, they're not going to gel. There's too, you know, there's too many personalities. There's too many midfielders on eight hundred grand, seven hundred grand. They've checked out, feed her up. Dan Hanabry's earning practically six hundred thousand a game from yeah <laughs> for the amount they've paid for him in the little he's played. So I think there's just a big culture problem, and I don't rate Brett Ratton as a coach either. That's the other thing where Longmuir's having time to build a project, young coach, enthusiastic oh, coach. I'm with you with Frio. I, I love what they're doing down there. I don't rate West Coast. I think they're just gonna they're gonna drop off. They've got no money. They can't do anything with their list. They can't no. bring people in. They're relying on people staying on peanuts. Uh, Richmond rebuild. Carlton just again. They just find ways like, to disappoint their fans. Don't get me wrong. I feel like Carlton deserve to be in this conversation. Yeah, um, I just feel like it's gonna it take time. It's gonna take a lot more time than say well, I think Frio will. And there is a way I put St Kilda. I look at their list and I'm like, if it just all clicked. Yeah. If it clicks. Yeah. 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 That's a big but they've got but a lot of like guys that, that if, that aging as well. They've got more guys just, aging too, which is yeah, a problem. they do. But I feel like that if at St. Kilda's a bigger bigger chance of winning than, say, Carlton's rebuild at the minute. It'd be interesting to see what Carlton do, though. And I do say, if they ever get a team around Cripps, he wins a Brownlow. Nah, Walsh but wins it before Walsh, Cripps sorry, sorry, Walsh. That's who I meant. Yeah. yeah. Young, young baby-faced assassin. Like, yeah, he's I mean, if they can get the best out of Zach Williams as well, off half back with Saad, and then you get you get Mackay going, weedering down back, and they just need a ruckman really. They don't think I don't think they really got a good ruckman, but you can get around that. They've got the pieces. If you get Kerno, Charlie Kerno fit as well, they've they've definitely got the pieces. But again, they just can't get it all on the park at the same time. So that's the other issue. They're just constantly ravelled by injuries. Yeah, I agree. And they had a good trade period as well, to be fair. Getting Alex Chera in. So their midfield, Cripps, Chera, Walsh, you know, it's, that's decent. And then you're looking at, you know, Mackay, Kerno, Young, Forward. I'm trying to think who else. I feel like there's someone else that they brought in. Oh, and they've got George Hewitt as well. He's one of the better two-way midfielders in the league. So, 
you know, no more excuses, Carlton. If you don't turn up this year, then... They have to, especially get a team around Walsh. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. So He's so good. And I don't know why I said Cripps, but I'm probably we're all just used to saying Cripps, aren't we? Just throw him forward at this point. Yeah. Just throw him forward. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you. Anyway, alrighty. I think from our questions, that's all of them. Yep, it is. Yeah, that is. That is all of them. So, once again, thank you for your company tonight, Damien. Not a problem. I do want to plug a few things quickly here, Paul. Um, first thing, plugging Paul, but he's at least released some Pokemon stuff, and like I haven't watched any Pokemon since I was a kid. And I, I'm enjoying it. So, as always, plugging okay. Paul. Um, second thing, yeah. I am going to say the date is the 14th as we record this. Football Manager, the actual game is out on the 9th, which means the beta is going to be on the 24th or 5th. Um, I've just released our, my schedule for what I'm doing on FM22, um, and it could be the biggest FM we're doing. Um, without spoiling too much more what's going on, there's a YouTube video on my channel, which is Dame underscore 23, where you can watch what that's going on. Our beta save is Newcastle, so all these Newcastle questions, Damo's going to tackle them all in the beta. Um, I'm then doing a save called Let Aquilia Volano. Volano. Um, if you're Italian, you know what that means. If you're not Italian, watch the YouTube video to find out. And then you find out the very special Spanish save that we're ending off with. I just feel like that in terms of content, things about to kick off. So Discord links down below, right? Foot Manager's coming out. You want to know what's happening with Newcastle? Come check out that YouTube that YouTube series with me. Um, and Paulie will be on the FM22 grind as well. Um, and obviously he's got his FIFA content and his Pokemon. So we're just going to plug that out there right at the end as well. And from Damo, thank you for listening as always. I'll leave it over to Paul to end this off. But yeah, thank you. There we go. Plenty happening um, across both platforms. So yeah, make sure you're checking out Paulie29, Damo underscore 23, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all the good areas to get content. Uh, yeah, FIFA 22, Road to Glory, Pokemon Nuzlocke Challenges, FM 22, along with Damo's FM 22 Endeavours. So once again, another big episode of the PD Sports Podcast concluded. Once again, Damien, thank you very much. We'll get prepared, ready to go, hopefully this week now for a short turnaround. We should be back Monday next week. So be prepared for regular scheduling, and we'll see you next week for another episode of the PD Sports Podcast. 